It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. The following podcast contains explicit language. <laughs> It doesn't necessarily show that there was collusion in um, in the scheme, but it shows that uh, Don Jr. was collusion curious. Look, I think Donald Jr.'s statements stand for themselves. This is evidence of willingness to commit collusion. Hello and welcome to Trumpcast. I'm Virginia Heffernan. On Trumpcast, we are not lawyered up. No one is telling me what to say. We do not fear Robert Mueller, you creepy investigative journalists and freaks on Twitter. We're no puppet. There's no collusion at Trumpcast, and we are going pro se, representing ourselves. But today we're talking about people who are lawyered up. That is President Donald Trump and every single person around him. And we're going to start with Mark Kazowitz, the class act outside counsel for the president, hired to defend him on l'affaire russe. That's French for Bastille Day, who first said that James Comey's testimony totally vindicated the president. And then recently, Kazowitz sent some emails to a detractor. The detractor had read an article in ProPublica magazine that alleged that Kazowitz abuses alcohol and his colleagues at work. So this guy fired off an email asking Kazowitz to resign and... You won't believe what happened next. As the clickbait says, in a couple minutes, Kazowitz offered these inspired bon mots. Fuck you. You don't know me, but I will know you, Kazowitz wrote. How dare you send me an email like that? I'm on you now. You are fucking with me now. Let's see who you are. Watch your back, bitch. You're such a piece of shit, he said. Call me. Don't be afraid, you piece of shit. Stand up. If you don't call, you're just afraid. Call me. Didn't stop there. I'm Jewish, Kazowitz wrote. I presume you are too, so stop being afraid. Call me or give me your number and I'll call you. I already know where you live. I'm on you. You will see me. I promise. Bro. My guest today to talk Trump team lawyers and their discontents is Justin Elliott, a reporter at ProPublica who's been all over the tale of Mark Kazowitz and what seems to make him uniquely unqualified to defend Trump on issues that demand high-level security clearances. We'll be back with Justin in a minute, but first, the tweets. My son, Donald, did a good job last night. He was open, transparent, and innocent. This is the greatest witch hunt in political history, said The Senate Democrats have only confirmed 48 of my 197 presidential nominees. They can't win, so all they do is slow things down and obstruct. The White House is functioning perfectly, focused on health care, tax cuts reform, and many other things. I have very little time for watching TV. 
Republicans, senators are working hard to get their failed Obamacare replacement approved. I will be at my desk, pen in hand. Remember when you hear the words sources say from the fake media, oftentimes those sources are made up and do not exist. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hey, Trumpcast listeners, Jason here, and I just want to give you a heads up before we start today's show. Are you a Slate Plus member yet? If not, why not? Join Slate Plus to get bonus segments of Trumpcast and ad-free versions of the show. And today you can hear me chat with Slate writer Ben Mathis Lilly about his cover story, The Wasted Mind of Ben Sass. So don't forget to join Slate Plus by going to slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus. That's slate.com slash Trumpcast Plus. And now here's the show. Joining me right here in studio is Justin Elliott, reporter for ProPublica. Welcome, Justin. Good to be here. Thanks um, for having me. Catch me up, Justin, on your reporting about Mark Kazowitz, Trump's lawyer, longtime lawyer. Sure. So uh, this goes back uh, six or seven weeks when uh, my colleague Jesse Isinger at ProPublica and I started reporting on Kazowitz. Uh, Kazowitz, uh, just to give a little bit of background, has actually been one of Donald Trump's lawyers going back 15 years, more than 15 years. Okay. Um, so before he had any involvement in this Russia case, he he and the firm represented Trump in a bankruptcy case. They sued a journalist, Tim O'Brien, uh, for in a defamation case in which, uh, as some people may remember, O'Brien wrote a book in which he described Trump uh, as a millionaire, not a billionaire, and Trump sued him uh, for defamation. The case dragged on for a while, but Trump lost. Uh, Trump and Kazowitz lost completely. More recently, in in the sort of uh, politician Trump phase, the last couple of years, Kazowitz represented him to keep his divorce records with Ivana from the uh, early '90s sealed, right. uh, which they were successful in. Uh, they represent when the New York Times reported, uh, I believe, in October that several women had been touched uh, by Trump or basically sexually assaulted by Trump. Kazowitz uh, sort of famously wrote a letter to the New York Times saying. These stories are false and defamatory. Uh, retract the story or we're going to sue you. The Times lawyer responded uh, basically no or see you in court. Uh, and Kazowitz never filed a lawsuit. And uh, the Kazowitz represented Trump in the Trump University fraud case. Uh, right. So this is a guy that has known Trump for a long time, has been involved in some of his most sensitive uh, you know, business and personal affairs. So this is the Tom Hagen of the enterprise to bring to mind the uh, Corleone Irish lawyer um, <laughs> and just the go to guy to like if you when you need lawyers, guns and money, he's the lawyer. Exactly. Okay. He's, he's one of the go to guys, um, the sort of go to outside guy. So then uh, in late May, it was reported that Trump had retained Kazowitz to represent him as his personal outside lawyer in the Russia case. 
And uh, those stories came out. Then the Comey, the the testimony of fired FBI Director James Comey Mm -hmm. came, I believe, on June 8th. And uh, Mark Kazowitz, I think, sort of made his debut on the sort of national stage as the man who was tapped to give the public response to the Comey testimony, you know, which was watched by millions of people. He got up and gave a a short press conference at the National Press Club after the Comey hearing in which he said, uh, you know, among other things, you know, the president was totally vindicated. Comey confirmed that the president was not under investigation. Uh, He also attacked Comey on various fronts. Also, by the way, uh, the White House has been referring all questions about Russia matters to Kazowitz and his team, including things related to Kushner, Jared Kushner and Michael Flynn. So even though he's not a government employee, he is almost a sort of shadow uh, member of the government. When you say um, outside lawyer, then you mean he's because he's not a White House counsel. Right. He's not. So so Don McGahn is the White House counsel, and that's a job that involves uh, a whole range of things, including vetting of personnel. Uh, you know, Don McGahn was involved in uh, nominating judges like Neil Gorsuch. He was very involved in, in that. So Kazowitz was hired by Trump, not a government employee. Uh, it's not actually clear how he's being paid, but it's, you know, it's presumably not by the government. And his role is to look out for the interests of, of, of Donald Trump. So he doesn't, because he is not deep in the Washington drained swamp, he um, he doesn't have a law license in Washington, right? He, as I understand it? Um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a member of the of the bar in New York, but um, I think usually that is not an issue. Typically when lawyers who, let's say, are a member of the New York bar need to do a case in a different state, they go through a process where they just sort of apply to to work on that case in that state. And usually I think it's just rubber stamped. Got but, it. but he is not, um, I think, sort of more to the point. He He's not somebody who has dealt with uh, high profile, uh, you know, political investigations in Washington like like this case. A I case mean, that involves uh, top secret intelligence for which he doesn't right. have so, clearance, so, right? So, so my, my colleague Jesse and I uh, ended up zeroing in on this issue of security clearance. And yeah. basically the way it works is if you're a government employee or, or a lawyer or anyone that needs access to classified material, government secrets essentially for your job, uh, you have to go through this rigorous process of applying for and receiving security clearance. You fill out a form where they ask about everything from uh, your contacts with foreign government officials to uh, mental health issues, substance abuse issues. I mean, it's very, very intrusive. They're looking for things that might make you vulnerable to blackmail or show poor judgment, basically, that you can't be trusted with classified material. What Jesse and I reported this week is that uh, Mark Kazowitz does not have security clearance, which is notable I think because uh, the Russia case uh, involves so much classified material, and we can we can get more into the examples of that. And Kazowitz told us uh, through a spokesman that he's not he doesn't anticipate seeking clearance. And we also reported that if he does apply for clearance, he could have uh, trouble getting it. And uh, the reason for that is, uh, according to many of our sources for this story, he's had recent problems with alcohol abuse. One of the, that's an issue in the security clearance process. Again, they're looking for things that uh, could make you vulnerable to blackmail uh, or show poor judgment. And after our story was published, uh, Kazowitz's spokesman put out a statement uh, denying that he had he has ever struggled with alcohol abuse. They did confirm that he was in counseling at one point a couple of years ago. They didn't specify what kind of what kind of counseling. Our story is based on interviews with uh, over twenty five people, and we uh, are standing by our reporting.
Um, is this isn't the the federal disclosure form that Jared Kushner has famously it JFK is the same. Junior with the bar had it, to do over many <laughs> many times before he's uh, gotten it right and he probably hasn't yet. It actually is the same form. Uh, it's known if uh, anyone out there has gotten clearance. It's called the SF-86, standard, right. standard form 86. And uh, you can pull it up online and you'd see how intrusive it is. Again, I mean, it asks about all those sort of deepest, darkest corners of your life. Um, and the thing that Kushner got caught up on, I mean, I think actually a bunch of areas, but one of them was there's a section of the form that asks about your contacts with foreign government officials. Um, and Kazuos has not filled that out, to be clear. Uh, just, at least according, according to his spokesman, he doesn't have clearance and hasn't sought it. So. And hasn't sought it. So he hasn't done it wrong or right. He just exactly. left it blank. Um, and so I know that, uh, you know, there's been some a little breaking news or changes to the news since, um, since your amazing story. But um, what I'm talking about, of course, is baseball legend Ty Cobb being brought onto the <laughs> onto the Trump team. Um, this guy has like a waxed mustache and he that's pretty much all I know about him. Yes, Tell me has, about Ty Cobb. So uh, he apparently is related to the original uh, Ty Cobb. Uh, he's a lawyer in Washington at uh, Hogan Lovells. He, unlike Kazowitz, actually does have uh, experience in, in uh, high profile investigations. He One of his notable cases was representing a CIA agent who was accused of uh, an illegal leak about a decade ago. Um, it's been reported that Cobb is not joining the Kazowitz outside counsel team, but that he will be joining the White House counsel's office. Okay. Um, one of the sort of confusing huh. things here is that in the news stories reporting on uh, Cobb's imminent hiring, they describe him at his his future role as being to be the sort of disciplinarian of the White House to make sure Trump's not, uh, you know, tweeting things about Russia that uh, could hurt his case, that being in charge of the uh, statements to the press. And the the interesting thing about that is that that is also how Kazowitz's role has been described or was described. Again, he was only brought on five, six weeks ago. Right. Um, so it's unclear whether he's sort of replacing, uh, whether he's sort of taking over some of Kazowitz's duties, whether the duties are not particularly well delineated. I mean, it hasn't even been officially confirmed that he is joining the White House. So it seems to all be in flux. There have also been a lot of news stories in the last few days uh, about Trump being upset with various lawyers, lawyers being upset with him, uh, lawyers being upset with Kushner, Kushner being upset with lawyers. So there's there's a whole sort of subgenre of stories we can't about uh, stay away from Jared Kushner. Yeah. So we are going in that direction. But before we get there, um, how do we know that that Ty Cobb? I mean, what in his experience or background or, or situation in Washington suggests that he might be able to keep Trump from Twitter, the the, the, I mean, you know, the Mount Everest of uh, political life right now? Right. It's a very good question. It's also interesting that it was reported that Trump only hired Kazowitz after being turned down by several other sort of more uh, typical choices, people, attorneys who have have experience, again, these sort of Washington, high-profile Washington investigations. Uh, Trump sought to retain them. They turned him down reportedly because uh, or among the reasons was that they were afraid that Trump wasn't going to take their advice. I mean, one of the sort of ironic things about the uh, Kazowitz retention was that, as you say, one of his roles was supposed to be sort of controlling Trump's worst impulses. The second story that we did this week at ProPublica was that after our first uh, sort of longer profile on Kazowitz, one of our readers read the story and emailed Kazowitz uh, <laughs> with a you know, he was a stranger, but uh, and he was saying to Kazowitz, you should resign now, uh, which is, you know, not the friendliest email to get, but the the guy wrote it in a pretty polite way. This is a retired 
public relations professional. And incidentally, even if it weren't written in a polite way, right? Uh, even, you know, people in the press get those kind of emails. And, you know, if you're flacking for the president, you're, it's assumed that you're going to have stuff in your inbox that is requires flacking. Like, right. Or just yeah. or just deleting. Uh, or just deleting. It's actually striking when I get e- hostile emails. Often, if you just respond to the person politely, they'll they'll email you back immediately, like apologizing, even even if the first email is just completely unhinged. But yeah. Yeah. So, so Mark Kazowitz on Wednesday night, uh, around 9.30 p.m., responds to this guy with a series of four emails over, over a half hour, profanity-laced, says, watch your back. You can say, you can say the um, whole thing. <laughs> uh, you know, th- then goes even further yeah. and says, I, you know, I, I already know where you live. You will see me bro. Uh, he actually used the word bro in the email. And so this is the guy who, who then reached out to me. Uh, Jason is shaking his head because I do like the detached clinical way that you, you know, it's just like that beautiful journalist way of saying, he said, watch your back, bitch. That's one thing he said. And he used the word bro. But, you know, we're talking about just that, like the reality TV side of this stuff that is continues to be Innovating yeah, think, actually uh, in public discourse. That, right. I mean, this, this was fairly the shocking. The, the the guy who, who then reached out to me and we, uh, with the help of some of my colleagues at ProPublica, confirmed these emails were real. At first, we thought maybe they weren't because it was so shocking. It was actually so rattled. He sent these things to the FBI. Oh. Um, Kazowitz, by the way, has since apologized, issued a statement of apology. And, uh, you know, I should also say Kazowitz runs a, a law firm in here in New York City with about 250 lawyers. They mainly do sort of commercial litigation work, real estate work, all, all kinds of different law. And there's plenty of people there that have absolutely nothing to do with the Trump representation who are, you know, the name of their firm is now being dragged into the news by by their founder. But so anyways, it's hard to see how uh, this sort of string of kind of scary threats by Kazos to the stranger, it makes you wonder about uh, whether this is the person who uh, could put a leash on Trump. So so anyways, to get back to your question, um, if, if it is if the reports are true that Ty Cobb is is taking this job, uh, he does seem like a more traditional figure. He doesn't have a previous relationship with Trump. As far as I know, it'll be very interesting to see whether he can uh, sort of control Trump. I mean, I'm we'll it, see. It feels like so. Obviously, this could sound like palace intrigue or sort of courtroom intrigue, or at least just inside baseball, because we're talking about Ty Cobb. But in fact, it is consequential because the larger question that we're not quite articulating is the backgrounds of these attorneys, like the backgrounds of the people Robert Mueller is hiring, say something about what people think is the discovery or on the table, what the possible crimes that are going to are being prosecuted and being defended against are. And yeah, so I mean, what do you make of? Right. I mean, I think one of the big question marks right now also is sort of where is Robert Mueller's investigation going? It seems, you know, we've gotten a few reports. Uh, these are all anonymously sourced. So it's, you know, one has to, you have to assess them, uh, try to figure out who, who the sources are and whether it's true. But I think one of the most significant stories in the last few weeks was the Washington Post reported that this was after the Comey hearing in early June that 
the Mueller team is now looking at Trump on President Trump on obstruction of justice. And that seems to relate to a few things. One is Trump asked a couple of his intelligence officials, uh, Mike Rogers, the head of the NSA, National Security Agency, and Dan Coats, uh, the director of national intelligence, to make public statements saying there was no collusion between the Trump campaign and Russia last year. That's also been raised in this whole sort of obstruction question. They haven't really publicly commented on that as far as I know. They they testified before Congress. And actually, this is another example of something that's classified in all this. Uh, Mike Rogers, the head of the NSA, was questioned about this and told, I believe, a, a House committee that his conversation with Trump that they were asking about was classified. So that's another thing where if you don't have security clearance, uh, let's say there were some notes of that meeting, you're not supposed to be looking at that. Um, So so the first, I mean, the first sign, if indeed, as as you point out, we're not completely sure that Ty Cobb's coming on, he's certainly not there yet. But if the first thing to recommend Ty Cobb is that he could get this clearance, I mean, that, that, that would seem to be... You right. Know, step uh, one in hiring. At least lawyers that uh, Jesse and I spoke to who who have done this kind of work in the past say you want clearance to do this representation. I mean, Got you it. can look back and even people may remember when Hillary Clinton was secretary of state still and had her sort of famous uh grilling about Benghazi. Yeah. Uh, it went on for like 12 hours or whatever it was. She hired private outside counsel, sort of like her Mark Kazowitz, except the person she hired was a guy named David Kendall, who is a sort of longtime Washington lawyer who got security clearance, even right. for that for that narrow, just to prepare Hillary Clinton for the, on the, on this uh, Benghazi hearing. Got it. So it seems like Trump should have somebody with security clearance, uh, <laughs> number one. And number two, I mean, the, again, the, the interesting thing about the Ty Cobb situation is it's been reported that he's joining the White House as an actual employee. Mm, So Trump's legal outside legal team right now, it's Kazowitz. There's um, also Jay Sekulow, who seems to mainly be a guy who uh, gives interviews on TV, sort of a longtime fixture on Fox News. And he's a Jew for Jesus. Right. right? He's also a uh, I think the 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 preferred term is a messianic Jew, which I learned only reading a profile of Jay Sekula. Messianic Jew. But yes, I think that's um, a big part. He uh, That may have actually been how he originally sort of entered the scene in Washington in a, in a case involving uh, Jews for Jesus. But, and does he talk theology with the Kushners? That's actually what the whole interview is about. I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and eschatology. Uh, I would love to hear that conversation. So, but, we, okay. So, and that's so far, there's some other Kasowitz members of the firm also that are Yep, there's several there's a guy named Michael Bowie who is also present at the um, Comey hearing. In our reporting, we learned that there were several, you know, several associates at the firm working on this case. Also, several several other lawyers. But Jesse and I asked Kazowitz's spokesperson explain to us what is your actual role because the media hmm. reports are about it. We're just that, you know, Trump retains Kazowitz on the Russia case. And uh, they just declined to comment on that and say, we don't, you know, we don't talk about client matters. So it's very unclear what they're actually doing. So we are going to move to Kushner. But I guess the one thing I'll say you may not be able to comment on is I just this reminds me of when O.J. Simpson was luring up. And it has that feeling that the last thing we should construe from any hiring of any lawyer, of course, is guilt. Because, you know, certainly it's right. But at the same my dad is a public defender and would uh, crucify me if I didn't. Uh, it, right. If you said, that. oh, there must be something there if he's gotten this particular CIA lawyer or this, you know, bankruptcy lawyer or whatever. Um, on the other hand, the spectacle is a somewhat alarming 
that all Trump and all these people around Trump are hiring lawyers with like interesting experience, including defending against racketeering and other things we don't even know are necessarily on the table. Yeah, I mean, another another wrinkle in it that's interesting that actually uh, we also reported this week is that Michael Cohen, who people may remember as a sort of talking head for the Trump campaign last year, he is the longtime Trump attorney at, actually at, for the Trump organization, Trump's company. Right. Um, one of the things that happened earlier this year is that Michael Cohen showed up at the law firm Kazowitz Benson, which is uh, in, in midtown Manhattan, and uh, started working there for several days. And it alarmed other attorneys at the firm because, you know, this is a guy that was very publicly associated with Trump. He's a controversial guy. Um, he doesn't work for Kazowitz. So people were wondering what he was doing there. How long has he been with the family? Uh He's been associated with Trump for many, many years. I'm not sure how many years he worked for the Trump organization. He's actually uh, the real – I shouldn't have said this about Kazowitz. He's actually the real Tom Hagen. He's the family lawyer. Exactly. So um, he, he was the sort of in-house – or for a long time, he was the in-house lawyer at the Trump organization. Actually, when Trump was elected president, Cohen left the Trump organization, as I understand it, because he wanted to continue to be Trump's personal lawyer and because Trump had that whole sort of – purported separation from the Trump organization, Michael Cohen couldn't keep being, this might be the realest part of that separation is that Michael Cohen actually left the Trump organization <laughs> to continue being Trump's lawyer. So at one point- Because he's he, that meticulous. I mean, just it's the ethical, the scrupulousness exactly. of these people is just astounding. He did leave the Trump organization. Right. Yeah. So I, so I actually talked to Michael Cohen uh, in recent days for this story and he uh, confirmed to me that he had been working with Mark Kazowitz um, in February for a sort of brief period talking about co-counseling for a client together that was apparently President Trump. And the interesting thing about that is that Michael Cohen himself is now – has been reported to be a subject of the Russia investigation. He's reported to be under FBI investigation. With his own lawyers. He's denied all long do wrongdoing. Um, and so it's interesting that – Somebody who is a subject of the Russian investigation was working at or with the law firm that is now representing another person in the Russian investigation. So we need the sort that of like – That is indeed I think we interesting. Need the, we, we need the Glenn Beck blackboard. I guess podcasting technology doesn't we allow for that. definitely do. Or I wish Kellyanne Conway, we could just um, Occam's razor this down to a couple words on a sheet of paper. Exactly. Um, we can't, unfortunately. So now I need to ask you about Kushner. He, there's shakeup in his legal team today, too. It looks like a Jamie Garlick, former deputy AG under Janarino, has um, stepped down or back from the team. And who does that leave with him? Um, as as I read the sort of late breaking stories, Jamie Gorelick, uh, who, as you mentioned, is a sort of prominent uh, Democrat, which is always one of the interesting things about her her representing Kushner, has stepped back from the Russia piece Kushner's legal needs. Uh, we actually, my colleagues and I, have been writing a lot about. Um, ethics issues at the White House and issues related to the fact that Jared Kushner continues to own large swaths of real estate holdings and other assets that could create conflicts of interest with his role in the Trump administration. And uh, I can tell you that when you're doing that reporting and you call the White House to ask you know, for comment, they will refer you to Jamie Gorelick and her law firm, mm. and then you talk to them about all sort of matters about Jared uh, and Ivanka, actually. So uh, I've dealt with them. They're you know they're they they're very professional. Yeah. Um. And 
And uh, apparently, uh, I'm not quite sure how to interpret what's going on, that uh, maybe uh, Kushner's decided that the Russia thing is is big enough that he needs somebody to focus full time on that uh, or somebody with sort of more relevant experience. I actually haven't, uh, haven't reported on who the new person is. Kushner's team is considered, and I don't know if it still is after the after this move by Jamie Gorlick, but they're considered to be some of the best and also most proactive in this, what some people call, some people, just some people call a firing squad in a circle, which is that every one of the principals here, including Kellyanne Conway, including Michael Cohen, including, you know, Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, have have lawyers and that those lawyers are defending their clients. They're not at all. I mean, we, these are just defense attorneys. If any of us, you know, got in trouble, we'd hire the same people. And there may be deals cut with the other people being investigated by Mueller. Like we don't we don't know the most recent and obvious example of this is the suggestion that Jared's Jared Kushner's legal team was behind the leak or the promotion or circulation of this email that heavily implicates Don Jr. in something that looks like, you know, untoward behavior with a Russian government official. Right. I mean, there's this yeah. whole there's this whole uh, amazing uh, genre of journalism that's developed in the last four or five months. These st- sort of anonymous, anonymously sourced stories reporting that President Trump has has grown increasingly frustrated with or has lashed out at or is thinking about firing X person and uh, X person, meanwhile, is, is, you know, attacking Y other member of the administration. Just in the last week, there's been a week or two. There, there's been story. There was a Politico story saying Trump has become incredibly disillusioned with Don McGahn, his White House counsel. He's right. lashed out at him in a meeting over this Russia right. stuff. These are set then, pieces. This right. is then amazing. Was, I didn't even notice. Then, then, then there's a New York Times story uh, reporting that uh, Trump is growing increasingly uh, disillusioned with uh, Mark Kazowitz because of his uh, questions about his strategy and responding to the Russia stuff. Huh. Same story says – Kazowitz, meanwhile, the Kazowitz team is upset at the president because he's hard to deal with. They also think that Kushner is whispering in the president's ear about Russia matters and keeping them out of the loop when they want to know about everything. Then there's a Washington Post story the next day, I believe, saying that you know, sort of elaborating on the idea that the Kazowitz team says says Trump is uh, or people familiar with their thinking say that Trump is an impossible client. He won't take advice. Yes, I saw uh, that. He, he tweets about things they're about to have a meeting about. Uh, all of it seems very plausible and one could sort of sympathize with them on some level. Um, so but <laughs> I'm you know not sure where I'm going with is we get we get these stories like we got about Bannon. We've had it at various times about Rens Priebus. And then I then I'm just like, oh, Trump just, you know, lost his mind and turned over a table and yelled at how much he hates X, Y, Z. And and then I just see him like shaking hands with uh, Brigitte Macron or whatever. And I just am like, when are all these things happening? I mean, right. I just don't. Um, so as I think you're intimating, this isn't happening exactly the way it's being reported that like there are people stirring up trouble and leaking that leaking well we know the white house is leaking right and left and that they that these attorneys and this goes to the question of with all these private defense attorneys 
in the game, each one of them just out for their client. What does each one of these cases do to the other? Right. I mean, I think uh, and, and we haven't even talked about the fact that there's uh, parallel investigations going on uh, by uh, congressional intelligence committees who are interviewing people who are having classified uh, sessions to talk about these things that are that are parallel and separate from the Mueller, uh, Mueller investigation. Unbelievable. So, uh, yeah, you can understand why these people need lawyers and it's all uh, – fascinating, compelling to follow. Uh, and, you know, I've spent a lot of time reporting on this stuff. At the same time, uh, you know, there's things going on in the background that have nothing to do with this that are probably arguably more important related to healthcare care and uh, regulation. <laughs> well, but I guess that might be outside the bounds of uh, this interview. I mean, yeah, we try to do it. every Every person covering every aspect says there might be bigger fish to fry somewhere else. So I'm glad all the fish are being fried. The media definitely has its hands full. You guys have done a great job at ProPublica. And thank you so much for being here. Thanks very much. That's it for today's show. But before I go, do you follow us on Twitter? I mean, just come on, follow us on Twitter. It's at RealTrumpCast. The other thing you can do is it really helps if you give us 450 stars on iTunes. So do that too if you like our show. TrumpCast is produced by Jason DeLeon. I'm Virginia Heffernan. Thanks for listening to TrumpCast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.